Welcome to Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we watch the movies you recommend. We don't know what we're going to go see until we go see it. And it's an In Theaters Now episode. I am John. Over there is Jeff. We are your hosts. And we had the poll up, and for February, you voted ever so slightly more than Alita Battle Angel for us to go see what men want. Oh, man, I didn't even look at the thing. I didn't know Alita Battle Angel was an option. Oh, yeah. No, the it was, I think, like four votes ahead was oh, what wow. men want. I mean, I feel like I might have had more to say on the topic of Alita Battle Angel, but then again, we just did a whole anime thing with one of our other shows, so we'll probably be okay for now. I mean, I've never read or seen any Alita, so oh, it's not like I would have any context clues for things. Battle Angel Alita is one of the other things I saw back in the bad days of anime where you had to like buy a VHS tape from a guy in a trench coat Yeah, uh, for like $20, and also you had to let him into your house to watch the first 10 minutes of it with you. <laughs> It was exact. I mean, it's weed deal jokes, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's it was really like that back then. And I did see it at the time and it was pretty. Huh. I still have that that priest looking dude who, who uh, like brings her back to life and carries around a hammer that's jet powered stuck in my head. Yeah. Jet hammer. Yeah. And every time I see someone at some convention try to pass off jet powered hammer as his own original idea, he's like, guys, I made this character. He's got a jet in his hammer. I'm like, yeah, OK. <laughs> we were all. We were all kids in 1994. Yeah, look, we've yeah. all seen King DDD. <laughs> Who's just another person ripping off the, the dude from Battle Angel. Yeah, uh, always. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. That isn't the movie that we were sent to see. No, what we did see was What Men Want, the, if not direct, then spiritual sequel to What Women Want. Uh, yeah, I can't. I mean, were there any... I feel like there was one reference to What Men Want, or What Women Want in the movie. Was there? Because I kept looking for a cameo... From any of the people from uh, What Women Want. I think there, was a, there wasn't there was a single cameo, but there was, I believe, a spoken reference to the first film. Oh? But we'll get to that, because obviously that's a spoiler, isn't it? Oh, my God. That's, that's definitely in spoiler territory. Spoiler. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. Yeah, we're going to talk non-spoilery until the music, just in case you want to go see it for some reason. Mm -hmm, and you haven't already. Yeah. Because it's only playing in, like, one theater in our town. Yeah, no, we couldn't go see it at the one that's near us. We had to go to the big theater. No, we had to go. I had to go so far on a ridiculous, like thirty-eight degree out rain. I'm looking, listen to me, California whining. Oh my god, oh, there no. was rain. It was maybe forty degrees out. Oh goodness, I know it was the war, and I couldn't wear shorts. What the hell? What the I, hell? I America? mean, I still wore sandals, obviously, but. Yeah. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's not get crazy. I have here. to break a glass case to get to my socks. <laughs> <laughs> An alarm goes off. The police are notified. <laughs> They're like, oh no, something's gone wrong. Actually, that's not true. I wear shoes all the time. John is the. Oh no, yeah. I'm only sandals forever. Yeah. I mean, I will put on shoes for rain just because I've had enough situations where I've been like, oh God, I'm going to slip and fall in sandals. I've personally watched John wear sandals to two weddings and most of a funeral. <laughs> I say uh, most of because he lost them by the end there. Oh, yeah. I was mostly throwing them at the casket. <laughs> and I say them, not just the two. I had a lot of sandals with me. <laughs> it was a recreational event. Still not sure whose funeral that was. <laughs> they didn't seem to mind for the first ten minutes. They were way into it. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So What Men Want is a movie where... A lady gets the ability to read the thoughts of men, mm -hmm. and she's going to use that to get ahead in her career, but oh no, for some reason, things are bad. And then events conspire, and circumstances occur, and then after about 108 minutes, it's done. 
so I would say this is eminently skippable. So skippable. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I watched What Women Want at one point. I don't even remember. It's not like I got it from i think it was like on a free hbo week or something i watched it recently because i was worried that we might be sent to see this Uh uh-huh so i'll have some i'll have some parallels to draw yeah i mean it has been years and years since i have seen the movie yeah but like even that i would say was pretty skippable oh deeply deeply skippable and this is probably more so i'll tell you i'll give here's the thing i'll give what men want over what women want well besides just that it stars someone who isn't mel gibson yeah uh what Men Want has a banging soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, I was... Has a soundtrack to fuck to. I was gleeful the entire time. It had a great soundtrack. It had a soundtrack of, like... For some reason, it was all, like, early 90s hip-hop jams, even though, like, you know, the movie's modern. Yeah. But they were still like, hey, you got you guys want to hear Funky Cold Medina? You want to hear po- like, yeah, everyone does. You want to hear Poison? You want to hear uh, Let Me See That Tootsie Roll? We got we got all these in here. All of them. They're yeah. here. They're, I don't know why, but... Uh, we got two live crew playing for there, some reason. There was so much good music. Here's what, what women want had when it came to music. Uh, one, Hoobastank song. Oh, nice. Which I only recognized because uh, sa- uh, cr- uh, subtitles were turned on. And it was like Hoobastank plays in an apartment nearby. Ah! And I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Thank, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for letting me know. Thank you. <laughs> and... Uh, and then about a thousand Frank Sinatra songs. Yeah. It was deeply Sinatra heavy and it included uh, Gibson putting on a Sinatra hat because he, he wears his Sinatra hat when he listens to Sinatra. Wow. Yeah. Man, I had forgotten a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about that movie. That's the kind of bullshit that you see in those <laughs> Nancy Myers romance movies where she's like, I like a man who likes Sinatra. Ugh. And I'm like, I like a man who doesn't. <laughs> I, I vastly prefer one who's like, old blue eyes was a racist piece of shit and I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> I mean, I can I can be that way and also think, you know what? I mean, some of these songs are pretty good. How much do you, how do you want to spend watching Bell Gibson soft shoe around his expensive house? Oh, I don't want house? to watch anyone. That's, that's, that's what this listen movie, to Sinatra. Yeah, that's what that movie is. Ugh. It's just so much Sinatra and so much shots of Mel Gibson enjoying Sinatra uh. in his Sinatra hat. <laughs> what Ben want is better in that one regard, and I'd say it has its own huge list of problems, a lot of which stem oddly enough from it being rated R. Yeah, well. Um. So, anyway, I didn't like it. There you go. There's my pre-spoiler review. There you go. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I hated this movie, but it wasn't amazing. Like, don't don't go see this in theaters. No. This Lord. is definitely a wait until it's free on Hulu yeah, or this something. Is, this is going to be on Hulu, and you can see it then. <laughs> It'll be the thing you do on Hulu instead of watching Family Guy all the way through again. <laughs> You'll be like, huh. That thing. Oh. I remember when System Mastery reviewed that. <laughs> Maybe I'll cruise through. Wait, no, I, if I remember that System or Movie Master reviewed that, I know not to watch this. Oh, but yet I want to anyway yeah. because I hate myself. Well, it's better than watching the one season of Border Town that exists again. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We are going to play a little bit of music. We will be back with the full in-depth spoilery review of What Men Want. are back it's time to really find out what is it men want you know what john well it's really important to discuss what men want which is a a movie about what women want uh what women think men want i think it's way more important that we discuss what women want a male-centered movie about what women want well i think what i want to know 
What does Jeff want? <laughs> Jeff wants uh, a cold, uh, f- refreshing, sweet thing, like a like like a some sort of punch. That's what Jeff wants, with, with effervescence to it. Oh yeah, like you want a nice cup. Hawaiian punch? I want some carbonation, maybe a little bit of rum, uh, but like probably also some cherry juice. Man, I want that fucking drink I had at Islands before we saw what men want. Oh, the lava flow or whatever that was. Yeah, that, that shit th- was great. That did look it was very basically delicious. just a like strawberry shake. I was half dead at the time, so I'm I'm definitely not in the mood for it. Or wasn't in the mood for it, but I would drink one now. That's that's what I want. I want a cold, bubbly drink. Yeah. If someone read my mind, they'd be like, that guy wants a booze. <laughs> that guy wants a tasty booze to bless his gills. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what men want. Uh, wh- oh, man. This movie, this is another in the the long line of movies where I'm going to object to it just on a class basis, where I don't care if this rich person gets slightly richer. Yeah, God, I mean, that's also, at least in the uh, What Women Want, I was like, at least this is about, let's try and make this dude less misogynistic than he is. And I'm like, even if, I know he's a super rich asshole, but at least making a super rich asshole less misogynistic is a worthy goal. Whereas this is just kind of like, yeah, let's make sure that this incredibly wealthy, high-paid sports agent is a more wealthy sports agent. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't understand why they, why people in the movie industry think we're going to jump on board those kinds of stories. We're like, this woman owns four, lives alone in a three-bedroom, two-story brown, ho- brown house, or townhouse, whatever you want to call it. Brownstone. Brownstone, thank you. Yes. She lives with Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> she lives in a brown house and it's three stories. And he won't leave her alone. No, but like, she lives in this ridiculous mansion. It opens, you know, people have been making fun of that, like, exercise bike commercial because they show people riding the exercise bikes and like ludicrous penthouses and in the woods and stuff like that oh, yeah like yeah. going out to your giant shed yeah which is which has windows on all sides and there's like curious bears sniffing around it and stuff yeah that's th- this movie opens on her in a treadmill in a giant bay corner window of her ma- magnificent uh, multi-story apartment complex yeah she is doing fine very rich yeah and when we meet her, not only is she in a ridiculous home running on a treadmill, but she is arguing with someone about whether or not one of her clients is going to have the front space on a magazine cover. Yeah, sports Illustrated, of course, because she's a sports editor and yeah. or sports agent, and that's the only sports magazine anyone yeah, outside of sports it's, knows about. It's a WNBA player that I can't remember the name of. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember her name either. Um I'm amazed that they used a real WNBA player, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because they, they made up virtually everything else. So, she does that. She's got everything going for her. She's a real go-getter, but, ooh, someone put a dating app on her tablet? Yeah, she's trying to do work on a tablet, which appears to be reading sports magazines. Uh, and she hangs up on the person she's on the phone with because they're like, well, we can't give you the coverage. She's like, I can't handle this right now because fools. Uh, uh, so she well, hangs up, fuck you. Yeah. So she hangs up on him and then makes her assistant do it. Now, the assistant is Brandon or Brendan. Uh, Brandon's fine. Whatever. Eh. Uh, the important things about Brandon are he's gay. Uh, he'd probably be a pretty good sports agent and he knows it. And he is eternally put upon. Yes. He is the the sad sack assistant every time someone is a high-powered, like, super go-getter, either, like, journalist or lawyer or whatever that makes a lot of money, 
there's always someone who's like, oh, I've got to get coffee, and I'm so sad about this. Yeah, the important thing is they made him gay so that she doesn't have to fall in love with him over the course of the movie, as otherwise that would have had to be the arc. Well, also because it has to be a man that she can read the thoughts of for the assistant, because that has to be a thing that happens. Which leads to, well, I'm going to say, arguably the most homophobic thing in the movie. Yeah. Or the part where she goes, oh my god, I can read the thoughts of men. Yep, it's all men. And also you for some reason. <laughs> Which, uh, it's, it's, go fuck yourself. Can you know? I can I say that when this was starting, mm-hmm. uh, and before I e- it really even got going, my biggest concern for this was there was going to be a scene where there was going to be a trans woman, and she was going to read her thoughts and be like, Oh, that's just a man. And I'm like, oh, please, movie. I know. Please don't. Don't do this movie. Honestly, the movie passed up a chance to do the opposite, which would have been great. Yeah. Like if, if met a trans woman and then like could read. Did, could, didn't have yeah. the ability to read the thoughts. Yeah. yeah I, like, I know. I was like, they just completely were like, we're not going to get into if my ability to read thoughts is based on bio truths <laughs> or some mysticism about like what you believe you are we're just gonna leave it at there are no trans people in this universe which is which is probably for the best because there was no way they were going to do the right thing no i mean lord knows we already got our little chunk of what the hell trans jokery at the beginning of this film because uh the trailers included the medea family funeral trailer uh did you understand a word of that the Medea, the trailer for Medea thing? funeral. I don't, maybe it's something about. Uh, I don't know if, what was going on exactly, but I didn't understand a single word that a single person said in that trailer. Uh, I mean, it was basically all just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this funeral. I'm gonna do the. Fu- I don't well specifically Medea in particular. What Tyler Perry? I, I what his Medea accent is so strong that it, she just the only thing I could understand him say was occur. Uh, everything else was just like. I was like, "What the hell? What? Wait, what, what? Was that a joke? Were there any jokes? What? What's going on?" I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just didn't. I just couldn't understand him. Um. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh. So yeah, her assistant is eternally put upon. Uh, and she's mad today. First of all, because someone put a dating app on his on her tablet, and she doesn't want to go on a date because she's doing just fine. Thank you. Yeah, and. She is excited because she believes that today is the day that she will make partner. Yeah, she's certain of it. This is the day. They're, they've signed some big important thing, so it's time to, to swell the ranks, which means it's time for a new partner at the office. And in preparation for it, she has rented, or I'm sorry, leased a Porsche for herself. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, that never comes up really again outside of like... Jokes. It's it's just There's jokes. a joke... Of like, oh, now I got to have this thing and, and I didn't get my raise. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not like you went, oh, fuck, I need to try and return this right now because there's no way I can afford this. You can afford it. You just can't afford it as much as you could have. Well, I mean, we also learned that even without her raise and with her having recently lost a job, uh, she can apparently afford to pay for all of her girlfriend's margarita nights for forever. Yeah, well. So I think the whole movie about her needing a little bit more money is... Uh, a bald-faced lie. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not about needing the money. Yeah. It's about the glass ceiling, Jeff. I'm sure, yes, that, that does make sense. And that's fair. 
Uh, that's fair for it to be. I mean, granted, there are several other women at that office who don't get lines or voices. No, in fact, <laughs> I think we see several women in this office, and there's like one of them gets one line throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, any, anyhow, uh, so she's driving with her assistant to the office. Uh, she's, oh, he kind of fights with her about the dating app. He's like, hey. It's been a while. And she's like, how do you know whether or not it's been a while? And he's like, I make your calendar. Yeah. And she's, booty calls don't count. Ugh. Anyway, that, that, ha- that all happens. Yeah. And then we drive to her work. Yep. Um, she yep. is working at... Uh, it's called IGS. Sports Worldwide Nutsack. Sports Worldwide Nutsack. SWN. Stars Without Number, the website. Yep. Uh it's it's a sports agency that helps sports people get sports famous. Uh, she meets up with some dudes, uh, including the one who's going to really obviously be the bad guy, and some other random dudes. And she like has some banter with them, where she she clearly is a ball buster. That's that's supposed to be what everyone in, in the office says about her. Oh yeah, that's the, that's going to be the the stereotype going forward. And uh, we get one of the things where you know she gets into the meeting, and one of the guys is telling one of those like. Oh, and I was having sex with this girl, and I didn't know her name, and doing one of those very shitty jokes, mm-hmm. and uh, like she comes in, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's fine. You can you can tell some jokes around her." And then we find out that like there's some secret poker game that she's never invited to that they keep insisting doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So we've got. You know, the setup for, ooh, she's she gets things done, but she's still excluded from this boys club. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the boss comes in, and I could not remember who that guy was. I feel like he's moderately famous. I've definitely seen him in stuff. There was a part where, based on this way his face looks, I thought he was Norm MacDonald. That's weird. And I was like, that's not Norm MacDonald. There's oh, no part there's of him that's... very clearly not Norm MacDonald. But for like a split second, I was like, hey, he kind of reminds me of Norm MacDonald. Is he's... that Norm MacDonald's dad? <laughs> No, Norm Macdonald's dad is alcoholism. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What I meant to say is that old Macdonald. <laughs> don't don't do that. That's, uh, that's mean. Uh, I, I, I hear uh, that song enough. <laughs> there are more uh, than five machines in my house that play that song on button press now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, boss shows up and is like, "Hey, everybody, I'm going to do a gender gender neutral speech about who our next partner is, so that." We can go ahead and keep mm-hmm. up the tension, and even though this, we know yeah. that it's not going to be her. Ali, by the way, is her name. Yeah, Ali Johnson. Because uh, her dad is no, a Davis. boxer person. Uh, yeah, Ali Davis. I'm sorry. Davis was important for the ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Davis. Uh, yeah. So he's like, this person recently brought in an important client. This person is unusually brave. This person is a great asset mm-hmm. and a real go-getter with huge brass balls. Yeah. <laughs> This person's dick is fantastic. <laughs> this person is definitely not named Ali. <laughs> he just starts doing one of those puzzles from the airport magazine. <laughs> this person brought blueberry pie to the party, but didn't come in a red shirt. <laughs> this person was not Douglas, but was perhaps Jessica. <laughs> yeah, I. but anyway, it turns out that his big ritual is he pulls a football out of a bag, some championship game ball, and throws it to the new partner. Yeah. Uh, and so he does that and she thinks it's her. So she reaches out and catches it. But of course it's not her because we need to have a movie. So it, yeah, it goes to some schlub 
near her that recently signed a dude to the, the NFL. Yeah. Now, this prompts her to follow her off her boss into his office uh, where she yells at him. Yeah. Uh, and she and, and he explains the weird system how they they determine who's going to be a partner at this office, which is all the partners vote secretly, and it has to be unanimous, which is weird because how do you? Yeah, that's not an abusable system either, is it? Like that just means that they know who the next partner is every time because they meet, they talk about, it, and then they do that vote. But I mean, even if you're like, oh, I don't know who voted for what, the if you go get together and you're like, all right, let's vote on the next person. And you've got five partners and four of them say Ali and one doesn't. Do they then go, well, that means she's out of the running. We can't do this again. Or do they sit down and talk about it and go like, all right, whoever didn't vote for Ali, let's have a little discussion on why it should be. Well, they mention the one guy that that confronts her later in the movie uh, mentions that he's voted for her every single time she's been available. Yes. So that means that, uh, that, that she comes up, whatever it is, yearly, quarterly, whatever, and gets voted down every time. And and whatever it is, for, however they've determined this weird anonymous voting system, they do not talk about it with each other. No, nobody like for reals. Nobody knows who voted for what. Mm-hmm. Like even when she gets her mind reading power, we still fight figure out that nobody knows who voted which way. Mm-hmm. And they don't. I thought I that was going to be a thing. I thought figuring out who didn't vote for her was good because they make a big deal that it's anonymous. So everyone she asks about is like, yeah, obviously I vote for you. I I, I think you're great. And then she gets the ability to meet to read men's minds, and that does not come up. No. I mean, I have to assume it's the actual boss. Of course it's the boss, because he's yeah. the one who's revealed as a secret racist towards the end of the film. He's, he's a misogynist racist, even in the beginning, because when she goes into the office to have the discussion with him, he's like, look, you just, you don't get along with men very well, and mm-hmm. you do so well with women, and why don't you just stay in your lane? And yeah. you're like, oh, God. I mean, his initial argument was pretty solid. He was like, you haven't signed anyone to the big three yet. You know, the NFL, the NBA, and the, the baseball one. Uh, the, <laughs> the MLB. The, the MLB. Uh, now, we don't care about the NHL because no one gives a shit about hockey He here. specifically said the big three. I know he did. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you have a ton of gold medalists. You have more gold medalists than anyone else here. You have a lot of WNBA people, but you don't have anyone from any of the three you know sports companies that actually pay any money. So... What do you do? What do you mean? You want partner? Go get an NFL guy. Yeah. Go get. Go get one football man. Go get. What's his name? Matt Barry. Jamal. Jamal Barry. That's that's going to become the big uh, brass ring of the film. Uh, is that it? Turns out, and it's an announcement that happens during that same meeting that uh, the number one potent, uh, assumed NBA draft pick for next year, uh, a kid by the name of Jamal Barry, uh, is up for grabs by any agent. And then he, then he brings out the the problem, which is that Jamal Barry's father. Uh, has re- has legally renamed himself Joe Dalla, uh, and he is one of those unbelievable sports fathers. Like that, the, I forget the guy's name, but there's that guy, like Joe Buck, I think is his real name. Uh, the guy who's the the current famous, yeah, which is why Joe Dalla, yeah, Buck yeah. Dalla, Joe, Joe Buck Dalla, yeah, yeah, okay. So basically, he's he's a a play on that guy. Uh, so it's going to be really hard to sign him because his father is crazy. Oh yeah, his dad has his own line of like shakes that he's trying to sell, and he is super controlling over his son's sports career, and you're going to have to get in good with Joe Dalla if you want to sign Barry yeah. Allen, the Flash. If you want to sign Barry Allen, the Flash, you're going to need to trip him. So put a <laughs> bunch of marbles on the ground near a contract. Because <laughs> he's super fast, but he always falls on marbles. It's his one weakness. It's very also, weird. Also ice on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Strange that he can run on water, but as soon as he gets on ice or marbles, ooh, he's done. Yeah, he doesn't understand how to deal with it. Otherwise, how would the top ever even fight him, you know? Like, the top's got to get some kind of advantage. You know, 
the pour, top. Pour the top. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Once again, Flash, you are on the bottom, and I am the top. Aha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, set up the That's the only line I have, so set it up That's, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Let's, uh... Have some sex, I guess, so I can do this again. Is, is that what we do? Is that our thing? Is are we are we into this? Is that what we're doing is now? This, is this happening? Oh my God! Is Mirror Master here too? <laughs> what? Just, oh, he just likes to watch. This is happening. He's, he's not even really here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So she has to figure that out, and she goes to uh, her dad at his boxing gym. For some advice. He also must be the most rich owner of a boxing gym in the world based on his apartment, <laughs> which has multiple stories and a, a, a uh, well, even rooftop if he's... loft sort of space where he can do barbecues and things. I was going to say, even if it's just one story, it's not multiple stories or anything. He's just got a apartment on a building. He has like the corner apartment with a giant like loft outside with an overview of the city. And I'm like... Wow, how much money do you bring in from this, you know, wants to be very much the like, ooh, this is the bad part of town where like the poor folks go to box and yeah. and learn how to do their gym things. Yeah, and there's like only like a ring and like two of those little boxing pads and one like treadmill maybe a couple of guys jump rope and a poster saying that there's going to be upcoming fights with ju- battling Matt Murdock. You know the kind of gym. Yeah, the the very very cliche gym of this is the person that isn't like I own an actual gym. I own a downtown gym. I mean, maybe apartments in Atlanta are like five dollars. I don't. I don't. Who knows? That must. Oh, they're in Atlanta, by the way. Yeah, uh, listeners in Atlanta, write in. Let us know. Let us know are, if our apartments there like five dollars. If someone has a downtown apartment with a giant overview of the city and enough room to like barbecue and have a giant thing outside. How much? Ten bucks? Twenty bucks? I'm not even sure which one's the most egregious between him and the new bartender who owns his own three-bedroom house. Yeah, well. (laughs) I mean, so let's get into the bartender right now. She goes to have drinks with her dad, and she sees a sexy new bartender. So she's like, all right, bye, dad. You get out of here. I'm going to go try and fuck this bartender. And indeed she does. Well, yeah, because he does this whole routine where he's like, let me make you a bespoke cocktail that speaks to your specific inner essence. I just need to look into your eyes for a couple of seconds. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to try and fuck this bartender. And I'm like, you're gonna, you're not even going to try, are you? You just are. This is just happening. Like, this- you walked over there and was like, hey, I want a drink. And he went, great, I'm going to make a drink that says I want to fuck you. Yeah, he's like, she's just landing an airplane on an, like a landed airplane on a <laughs> runway. Like, oh, I did it. It was me. It was a sure thing. But he makes her what, for all intents and purposes, from what I could tell, is a sea breeze. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, he just puts cranberry juice in some vodka. And he's like, here. Yeah. It's, now, it, there's some syrup he puts in there that he's like, ooh, I make my own syrup. Rose, he makes his own botanical rose syrup at home. Yeah. It's rose something, and I can't remember what it was. It's like rose pomegranate or some shit like that. Oh, I could have sworn it was just rose syrup. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, she's way into that. Yeah, she loves it, and then they go back to his place and bone down, but she is, is so aggressively not listening to men in her life that she's terrible at sex. Yeah, uh, she just, like, wants to grind his pelvis to dust, apparently? Yeah, death by snoo-snoo appears to be what's happening she, here. during sex, like beats the shit out of him and chokes him. Well, she keeps pushing his face to, to the side. Uh, she won't look at him. No, she she is choking and slapping him. Yeah. 
And then she uh, she gets off and rolls off and falls asleep. And we get the moment of him going, but what about me? Kind of like looking over her shoulder while she like farts and pulls the blanket away from him. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, that moment happened in what women want, too. But it, it it's harder to. I mean, sure. Great. She's ter- sure. Whatever. She's terrible at sex. She is the bad at sex. She is so bad at it. It's just that that guy has super high standards, I think. He wants he wants a woman who won't push him in the face a bunch of times. Personally, I'm way in that. That's my jam. I know. I was watching this, going like, "Oh, someone's real into this," because yeah. she's just like two hand choking this guy and uh-huh. like slapping him in the chest. And I'm like, someone out there is like, "Fuck yes!" Oh, dude, that is my speed. <laughs> that is what I want. That is what this man wants. <laughs> Speaking of what men want, that is going to be said. I'm just going to throw this out oh, there. That's right. At least like a dozen times in this movie. I don't think I've ever seen a movie use the title line that much. There's so much, you just don't know what men want. And it's like, every time they say it, there's like this little pause of the title of the movie. Look back at the screen. <laughs> it happened so often that it felt like it had to be a bit. Oh, yeah. All these points where she's like, I thought it would be useful for me to know what men want. But it turns out that knowing what men want is actually something of a weakness for me. <laughs> what men want. <laughs> Taraji P. Henson. Rated R. <laughs> Theaters near you, not Coming near enough. This February, not near enough to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she wakes up the next morning to a child wearing her underwear as a mask, and oh, it turns out that this bartender's a single dad. Well, we don't know he's single yet because the first thing she does, because she's she moves right into her, don't let anyone else talk because it would ruin the plot mode. Because uh, she finds a picture of him with a woman. Well, uh, yeah, she freaks out and goes to leave. Yeah. She's, on her way out, she sees a picture of him and his wife. Yeah, and she's like, you're married? And he's like, uh, no. You didn't tell me you were married. Blah, 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 blah. I can't stop talking. And then she just walks out. Yeah. Now, she, now of course, for the purpose of the movie, he is not married. His wife is dead. Now, uh, that's the only reason I'm going to say that he might have had this home because he was married to someone who could afford that. And before he got a bartender job, maybe like both of them were working good jobs mm-hmm. that they could afford this giant house. Maybe he's a spectacularly rich bartender. Like he works at a, I mean, he makes his own rose syrup. He I makes mean, his own bespoke cocktails. Yeah. If you, if you work down at TJ McDrink drink, they probably don't pay you enough to bring in your own rose syrups and so on. You just, you just pour Bud Lights. But this guy works at someplace fancy where he has to like rub, rub starfruit around the rim of the drink and shit. Well, then again, he's also in a place that is not packed. Mm-hmm. When we see the uh, uh, she can Ollie walk right and her up. dad. Yeah, she can yeah. walk right up to the bar. Yeah, there's not a lot of people there. The bar isn't crowded. No one's trying to get anyone's attention. There are two bartenders there for a night where there's nothing going on. To me, it, it rather is a hotel bar. Like, I, know, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's just that they used a huge wood-paneled bar, and it read to me like they went to some fancy hotel for, this, for their drinks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I- anyway, he's got a great house. And a little kid who knows full well that that's underwear he has on his head, but he pretends he thinks it's a Wakanda mask. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, good, good for you, kid. And then she, uh, she leaves because she's late for work. Yeah, she's got a meeting because she's going to go to the uh, shoot that we were talking about earlier. And Jamal Barry is there, and she's she's got a wine stain on her shirt and a condom on her back, and ooh, baby. You know what? That does speak very well to her being bad at sex. That she has a condom on the back of her jacket? Yes. Yeah. Like, you clean that shit. Well, I mean, maybe that just means that the dude is bad at sex, because that's... I was going to say... That's one of your jobs, dude. Cause Will, Will, I think, is... No, Luke? Will? One of those. Bill? Will. Bill. Bill William? Bill, Bilbo? J- Wilbo, Wilbo J- Lukens. Wilbo J. Lucas. Yeah. 
No, I think his name is Will, and and uh, and, and uh, he he failed on condom cleanup. I want to say because I mean, assuming it was still on him at the time that she rolled over, he was like, "Well, time to just take this and throw it on the floor." I'm like, "My dude, you are awake right now." Yeah, like it's not even like you did the. Oh, I just came and I got to roll over and go to sleep. You're sitting there, blue balls, going like, "Oh, what am I doing?" Which means you probably went and like jerked off and threw the condom away somewhere. But what you did was throw it onto her jacket. Mm-hmm. Man, now that you've made me think about it, I'm really angry at him about that. I just wanted to point that out. Like that condom did not belong in the back of her beautiful houndstooth jacket. Indeed, it, not. That thing was should have been in the trash. She went for a full night's sleep after that condom. So it's not like she left mid fuck. No, and it's not like she threw her jacket into like a trash can or something afterwards yeah no that that thing made me mad uh anyway she comes into the thing with a, with a condom on her back and she's meeting with her uh her basketball player that's already signed to her and decides to go ahead and, and leverage or try to build a relationship with her basketball player that she uh that, that she already works with by insulting the fa- joe dalla and then of course he's behind her oh no uh, what a shock also she has wine stains on her and a condom on her back Yep. So it's just a disaster of a meeting all around. And the whole thing is they uh Joe wants Jamal to be the front and center, but they have a contract with uh the WNBA star to be on the front. Mm-hmm. And so, so so Ali is trying to convince her to share it as if that would even make any sense. Like what would they put the two of them on the cover unless there was some sort of article? Well, yeah, the whole thing was supposed to be like rising stars and established like stars or something mm, that i guess then that would kind of make sense yeah no like when she said what the a whole thing was supposed to be about i was like oh that makes sense for both of them to be on the cover in that case the cover as it was originally argued didn't make any sense exactly the the fact that they were like oh yeah this cover and we're gonna have it just be one person even though it's supposed to be about pros and rising stars well, whatever yeah sure it doesn't matter anyway it turns out that the WNBA star flatly refuses to share the cover by giving the most stilted speech in the movie. The speech that convinces us that, indeed, this is just some uh, actual basketball player and not, not an act- actor. <laughs> because she's just <laughs> oh, like, yeah, this is very much like Shaquille O'Neal showing up later in this movie and just being like, I'm Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. This is just her, like, listing her, uh, her accomplishments. She's like, well, does that kid have three of the following kind of medal, two of the following kind of championship, and this many pictures already in the magazine? No, he does not, and I do, and therefore I win this argument, and goodbye. (laughs) And me. (laughs) Anyhow, that all happens. Yeah. I'm looking up uh, the actual people in this so I can figure out who anyone is. It is Will, and his son is Ben. That, that That I did remember. There we go. Yeah. Uh, the only other person, I mean, I can't remember the name of her, but the woman from, uh, uh, shoot, what's it called? The, uh, the fake cop show, the, the one, the fake cop show, the one that was on comedy central and like, uh, yeah, you know, the one I'm talking about, yeah, uh, Wendy McLendon Covey, <sighs> McLendon Covey. That's been driving me nuts trying to remember her name. Yeah. She's one of the friends at the, at the bachelorette party and then throughout the rest of the film. Yeah. So the bachelorette party happens after this meeting that goes disastrously. Well, we, before her. we skip through it, we should talk about Joe Dollar because this is where we meet him. <sighs> All right. It, it's Tracy Jordan. It's it is Tracy Morgan. Which it's one? It's Tracy Morgan Thank playing you, Tracy. Tracy Jordan. He's just doing Tracy Jordan. Yes. He's 100% doing Tracy Jordan. And it's kind of, I mean, it's really nice to see him again because, you know, yeah, he sur- but, but, survived getting hit by a truck and everything. But. but honestly, he may as well have been yelling at Ali going, Liz Lemon. <laughs> and just reciting uh, Kanye tweets. Yeah. Liz Lemon, why is it so hard to get a Persian rug? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, he's just doing Tracy Jordan, and it's it's kind of a... It, it's fine, It's I funny. Guess. It's not, it, he's good at that. He was very good at Tracy Jordan, so it's nice to see it, but it's really weird. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It is weird to have him show up and just be that character again, but whatever, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's so much to the point where they could have just said it was Tracy Jordan and left it at that, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Like, this movie's just in the 30 Rock universe, and don't worry about it. Because you could have just been like, my boy's good at basketball now! Remember, there was a huge thing with Tracy Jordan on that show, and how he had a, bo- a boy who he doted on, even though he didn't respect him in the slightest, and was, like, scamming him and shit? Oh, yeah. We could, they could have just done that. <laughs> kept it, my boy's a basketball full star! And they're like, no, he isn't. And he's over there, no, I'm not, but I would like $10,000 please daddy <laughs> and it would have been great uh uh anyway yeah we can skip past that now i just wanted to make sure everyone knew that tracy morgan was here yeah tracy morgan is here doing his shtick yeah so the bachelorette party goes uh or wait it doesn't happen yet because before the no i'm sorry no, it, it does. does it's, it's the next thing <laughs> it does it's right it's fine it's fine i'm sorry i'm putting it back together in my head i was pretty sick when we watched it yeah don't worry uh, so yeah she goes to the bachelorette party which, when she shows up, appears to uh, be winding down from the house. And before they can leave and go to the club, one of the friends has gotten a psychic to show up. Mm-hmm. And So she has three friends. Uh, Wendy McClendon Covey and two more. And two other ones. Uh-huh. One of them is getting married. Which is why there's a bachelorette party. The other one is married. Mm-hmm. And one of when- them owns a mansion, because we're at a mansion. Oh, yeah. I assume this is her sister's place, which I guess your sister's doing pretty fucking good for herself, too. Because she lives in an art museum. That's It's insane. Why don't, <laughs> just, just set one thing at a fucking TGI Fridays. Just one. So, <laughs> uh, Wendy McLovin is, uh, she is super Christian. Yeah. Is her only character trait. Here. But she's she's a, she's a fakey kind of. She's like, oh, I used to smoke weed all the time, but then I found Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking for Jesus right now when I say that what you're doing is wrong. That kind of thing. She's yeah. She's kind of a fakey, self-aggrandizing Christian type. Uh, but anyway, it turns out that someone has hired a psychic for this event. I was kind of hoping that her, she would get her mind reading powers from a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Like a magic stripper would come in and he'd be like, hmm, you need to understand more about men. I'm going to rub my package on you mm. until you understand what men want. Yeah, and like there's some glittery lights coming off of his package. <laughs> and then he just nods knowingly. Mm. Mm. Yes, this curse will last you four days and no longer. <laughs> but no, it's a psychic. If the curse lasts for more than four days, please see a doctor. <laughs> so a psychic comes in. Yeah, so she gets a tarot reading that was semi-amusing in that she had tarot cards, but then also, like, some, like... There was an Uno card in there. Uno cards and, like, random picture cards. There was one that was just, like, a gnome. Yeah. And so just some nonsense in there. But it's Erica Badu, Mm -hmm. and I'm like... What? Uh, she did some really neat acting. She did some great stuff where she would like have one eye half open and look just like baked out of her mind and so on. Oh yeah, no, a real good job. I like I, I liked the character a bunch, but of course because the movie's about you know uh, Taraji P Henson's Al- Ali, uh, she gets singled out immediately for her psychic reading, and that's the only part that we see. Yep. So she drinks some weird tea, and mm-hmm. then they go to the club, and they're dancing to Two Live Crew, and she donks her head and. Wakes up in the hospital. I'm I'm just skipping through stuff because God knows we've been talking for a while. Uh, the yeah, fair enough. When she wakes up in the hospital, oh no, she can read her doctor's thoughts, and he's been 
doing d- drugs. Yeah, luckily, it turns out that every single man in her life is currently having some sort of interesting uh, one-sentence explainable event. That's ha- but that's the same problem that was in What Women Want. No, but no okay. one ever. No one has. No one ever is like the middle of a thought when they're walking past. No her. one's ever walking by going like, "But what if?" No, hold on. <laughs> and that's all you hear from them. Yeah. You the. See- I mean, I was having this problem last night where I couldn't go to sleep, and I'm like, if you could read my mind, all you would be hearing for like hours at a time is me going, "Is it Voynich manuscript or Voynich manuscript? <laughs> Voynich." Voynich. 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 <laughs> over and over in my head. Like the rest of the manuscript, it is an unknowable conundrum. <laughs> that was it. That's all that was going through my head. <laughs> so I just really wanted there to be a point where she was reading someone's mind and they were just going like, blueberries, strawberries, blueberries, strawberries. Yeah, if she was in mine, it'd just be some anxious, anxious death spiral where I'm convincing myself that I actually have pneumonia or something. So she'd be like, whoa, that guy. No, I should leave him alone. Stay away from that, that dude. I do like that when she, I mean, she gets out of the hospital and freaks out and, like, her assistant figures out that she can read uh, his mind. Mm-hmm. But when she gets to the office, at least one of the, the person who actually got the uh, the partnership from the other day, like, reads his mind. And he's just sitting there going, like, oh, my God, I, I hate the way my nose is. I hate the way I look. I hate everything about myself. Oh, God. I'm a I'm fraud. Like, Oh, that is definitely what men want. The one thing I thought was interesting in this movie, and and the thing I was the most worried about, about the whole what men want thing, is that it was going to be the most easy joke possible, which is that every man wants to fuck Taraji P. Henson. Yes. So that every single person she'd see would just be like, hmm, I'd stick it in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Which it definitely is. One guy. Several. One old man. I wish I had done a black broad before I got married. Yeah. Uh, But mostly it's men having these, like, vapid thoughts about how they're kind of injured or bored or 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 hungry uh and a few of them who are horny but usually not for her so that at least was kind of refreshing that, that i was worried that that was going to be 90 percent of the film yeah um but yeah so she wanders through the, the, the building hearing everyone's thoughts the, the thing i really appreciate about this is that her her uh assistant figures it out immediately and is not kept in the dark for the whole film no they're in the car and he you know starts thinking things where he's like god you're such an asshole and she responds to it, and he's like, oh, my God, it's like you can read my inner thoughts. I can't read your inner thoughts. Ah! And they have a moment where they both realize what's going on so that he can get in on it. I think my favorite part about that was when he started yelling, ah, and also thinking, ah, and she was like, this really hurts. Yeah, no, she's like, ah, ah, <laughs> shut up. And he doesn't say anything, but it is mine. Ah! Yeah, which was great. Also him trying to walk around thinking about his favorite dessert so that she couldn't read his mind. <laughs> Peach cobbler. Peach cobbler with blueberries. Peach cobbler with ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so... I, I I like his character a great deal. Which, by the way, another person whose thoughts we can read in this scene is another cameo appearance in the film, uh, Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. Yep, uh, who, he sure is here. He's he's here, and you know what? I'm going to say at least this. I'm, I didn't have to read an AV Club article about how this appearance in the movie had something to do with Ariana Grande because I am sick to fucking death of him Ugh. and his shit on uh, on every Saturday Night Live thing is him just going on there and talking about himself. Don't um, like it. Don't care. Don't care, dude. Don't care about you. Don't care about your girlfriend's breakup songs. Don't. I don't want to hear about it. I don't give a shit. No. Are you funny on the show? I want to hear about that. Nah. You're not. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, his entire character is that uh, we find out through listening to his thoughts that he is gay for Brandon, yeah, the he's, assistant. He's super gay. Although we don't find that out until the midpoint of the movie. Oh, no. But I, I don't think we need yeah. to get into that mostly. It's just yeah. she thinks that he is hot for her, but no. 
It is for Brandon. Yes, it is for Brandon, for whom his dick burns. <laughs> uh, Ask not for whom your dick burns. <laughs> it burns for thee. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, we can we can skip over that. She discovers she can read men's thoughts. Uh, at first, she's only freaked out about it. She has no well, idea. Yeah, because she's overwhelmed, because yeah. her entire workplace is mostly dudes. So until she like gets into her office and can't see anyone... She's just overwhelmed with thoughts. So her first thought is that she needs to get rid of it, so she tries to track down the uh, psychic, which is easy to do. I-, I was glad that it wasn't like a weird mystery. It turns out the psychic works out of the back of a laundromat in town. Oh, yeah. She gave uh, Ali her business card, mm-hmm. so she knows exactly where she is, and they go to see her. And it turns out it had very little to do with her and the magic tea that she had Ali drink. Uh, it's all the head bonk, apparently. Yeah. Uh, because the tea was just some bullshit from from uh, Bali, she says, or Haiti, she says. Yeah. And, uh, and mostly this lady's just some weed dealer. Yeah, she's a, she's just a weed dealer. But then she's like, look, you wanted to get ahead in your career, and you think all the men are against you at your job? Why don't you use your ability to read minds to turn it back on them? She's like, oh, shit, that's right. I could use the ability to read minds for my own benefit. Yeah. This is a part where that really bothers me because this is the thing. It also bothered me for what women want. And I'm sure it would bother you if you stopped and think, thought about it for a second. It indicates that both Mel Gibson and Taraji P. Henson are deeply, deeply obsessed with their careers, like their specific career they already have. Yeah. Because if you woke up one day and you could read a lot of people's minds, would you go to work the next day? <laughs> Would you be like, well, I do want to make more money in life, but I'm going to do it by being better at the job I have right now instead of a much easier thing I could do by just reading minds. <laughs> well, well, I'd, just be, I'd just be concocting scams. That's all I would ever do from that point forward. I, go, I think that's you, though. Yeah, probably. I'm, I think I'm, I'm you a, want to concoct scams. It's not like I'm a worse person than them. No, I'm just saying... I think, given the opportunity, you would love to have a job that is concocting scams. Yes, I would absolutely love to concoct scams all day and bring people in on them and do heists. Yeah. No, I understand that. I get it. Yeah. I wouldn't because I'm lazy. I would get the ability to read people's thoughts and then just immediately go back into my room and not care. (laughs) (laughs) You just contact me and be like, I could be doing a scam right now. Hey, I can read minds and I'm not scamming anyone. And you'd be like, oh, I'm thinking fuck you at you, buddy. (laughs) That's fine. I can't read that. I can only read women's minds because that's how this works. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I forgot. Damn it. Well, at least that's harder to concoct scams for. Yeah, unless unless we make the movie What People Want. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. What what Marx Want. What what everyone wants. (laughs) What we want, the communist movie. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be the third movie in the series. We'll call it Look Who's Wanting Now. (laughs) Look Who Wants To. (laughs) Oh, we can hear dog's thoughts. Although... (laughs) Oh, my God. Although that was doable in What Women Want. there's It's one of the only funny jokes in all of What oh, Women Want. Oh, that he can hear a lady there's, dog. There's a poodle, which, you know, it's a lady dog, because all lady dogs are poodles. Yeah. And and she says, Monsieur, I need to poop there you to go. her owner. And uh, and so there you go. He can read do- women, woman dog thoughts. Yeah. She cannot read dude dog thoughts. Yeah. We do see a dog. And it, instead of that same joke, it's, why does my dog get to shit in public? And I, I wish don't. I could shit in public. Yeah. And that's, that's the full gag. Yeah. Great. So now she has accepted her mind reading, and she's going to do what she can to get ahead in life by figuring out where the secret poker game is. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing she does. Although she gets pulled aside by one of her coworkers who wants to give her a big dramatic speech about how she's mean. Uh, It's important. Remember that? It's important. It happens because at the end of the movie, when she has her dramatic reveal, she's like, also, this guy's going to come with me on my career of magic and adventure. And you're like, oh, yeah. He had one scene in the movie where he dressed her down for being mean to everybody. He had to give her the line of, uh, 
if you were a man, everyone would yeah, just Yeah, that happens you way later. Oh, does it happen way later? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I thought that was right around here. No. Okay, well, then I guess it's time for her to discover where the secret poker game is and go to the secret poker game. Yep. So it's at whatever dude's house. Whatever dude's fucking castle. Everyone. I mean, he's a partner in this agency, so yeah. at least it makes sense that he has yeah. the ridiculous house. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying that this house is ridiculous. And in addition to Joe Dalla and the various partners being here, there's also Shaquille O'Neal and some other people that I recognized as sports peoples that I do not know the name of yeah, because I do not know sports. We're the wrong people to send to this, unless they've been in other movies we don't know. Yeah, I'm but, like, but, I know Shaq because he is a genie and that's all. And because they give Shaq a funny line, too. Yeah. <laughs> so... She uses her mind-reading powers to super win at poker. Which is weird. I mean, that's one of those things where you'd think, that's not the first scam you go to is poker. Oh, sure it is. Poker still has a lot of card luck in it. You can have the whole well, Yeah, but you, you immediately find out what everyone is, and you only play on hands where you know you're going to win. Yeah, but even then, a chances, chances are pretty solid that you'll never be dealt a good hand all night. You'll just be sitting there going, oh, well, I can't play this one, I can't play this one. You, you have to kind of, it's just, it's just a long game for me, for, as far as scams go. <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. Look, I know scams. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so she, yeah, she uses her superpower to uh, to scam all these men and win at cards for a long time. But then at the very end, she starts reading all the dude's thoughts. And they're like, if she win if she beats Joe Dalla, then he'll never like her. Oh, yeah. No, it's like the guy who owns it is like, oh, come on, Ali, don't take all of this dude's money. We want him to be happy. We don't want him to be like, I went to your poker night and you guys took me for everything. Mm -hmm. So she folds and gives him a big pot and mm. then he's like you're my good luck charm you've got to come to the meeting tomorrow turns out there was a secret meeting tomorrow yeah uh yeah also we get the funny shack line which is him running the percentages in his head and then bluffing by saying pretzels are delicious it was, <laughs> it, was it was pretty great i i thought that was i thought that was legitimately great there i cannot remember if this was i watched the trailer for this movie before we went to go see it just so i knew what the fuck anything was mm-hmm and there was, in the trailer, this scene was in there, but she was reading Shaq's mind, and he's like, Shaq's got a terrible hand. Why am I thinking about myself in the third person? That did not make it into the film. Yeah. That was a line that I was like, ha, oh, that's kind of funny. And the fact that it didn't make it into the film, I was like, come on. <laughs> you had a good line about Shaq talking about himself in the third person. I would have wanted to... I would have, if I had been writing for this, I would have wanted him to wonder about that genie movie with, uh... Was I a genie or was he, it Sinbad? Yeah, he, he had to be thinking about Sinbad. Is Sinbad in a movie called Shazam? <laughs> Damn, I don't know. <laughs> that's That would have been my line, but that's fine. Uh, anyway, now that he has directly, or Dala, has invited her to the secret meeting, obviously she has to go. Yeah, so she's she's now in. She's got an in to win. Yeah. And then they all the meeting is is a pitch video. They just show Jamal Barry, this kid, uh, who, who so far throughout the movie has been deadly quiet. And does and oh, so, he's just there. Yeah, uh, they show him a pitch video, which I can't imagine past any kind of. I, I mean, it's nothing but flapping asses. Oh yeah, no, I mean the whole point is you made a shitty racist video. Yeah, a shitty racist, extraordinarily sexist video, but like it's too much. Like I understand that all the the dudes in this office are supposed to be too doodly. But this is like, but that's it, the office wouldn't be successful if they kept showing that thing to people. No, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, you very poorly photoshopped Jamal's head onto like a rap dude in a limousine's body as there are girls there and like money flows down and whatnot. And I go, how does 
you, <laughs> like this is a supposed to be a pitch video for what can we do for you? Like, what do we bring for the table? Why would you go with us instead of someone else? And all they do is show him like someone's shitty rap video mm-hmm. and be like, yeah. Uh, that's what you want, right? Limo rides and boobs in your face. And he's like, no, I want to What play. we did was we showed you big booty hoes. That's what you want, right? Yeah. And he's like, I, I want to play basketball. Like she reads his thoughts and he's like, man, that was extremely gross in nineties. I would prefer to be playing basketball at Wabash. And that's, like, that's this his is garbage. Thought. I'm yeah. out of here. And also even Tracy Jordan, uh, Morgan. No, he's Tracy Jordan. This movie, <laughs> even Joe Dalla, even Joe Dalla, McTracy Jordan. Even Tracy Morgan is like, ew, that that was gross and stupid. I oh want out. Oh my god, that was some shitty racist '90s shit. All yeah. right, I'm out. And then she saves the meeting, maybe like by being like, okay, guys, I know that that looked like shitty racist '90s shit, but actually, let's talk about percentages and numbers and blah blah blah. Let me tell you why you'd want to go with us over someone else or trying to do it yourself, and it's because we can anticipate what you need and like. Jamal thinks, man, what I really want is a cup of coffee. And she's like, oh, even if it's a cup of coffee, and well, hands she, it to him. Yeah, but she takes right out of the bad, the, the secret bad guy's hands. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Man, is the person who made that pitch video and presented it the same person as the one who dresses her down later? Uh, I hope not, because he was supposed to be presented as a smart character. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe, but Because now I'm know. remembering that's when he dresses her down, it's over that meeting. So you're right. That meeting happens. Uh, she manages to once again push herself into the good graces of the Barry and Dalla family. But then she gets pulled aside by one of the other partners at the meeting who's like, that was supposed to be a team pitch. And you took it over and, and, and belittled everybody else in the room. Yeah. You made this like all about you instead of it being about the company. What the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, but that video was fucking gross and you were going to lose them. And he's like, yeah, but you weren't you didn't consult anyone. You made the decision and acted on it yourself. That's not how partners operate. And and then the two of them have their fight where she's like, you you've been consistently sexist to me since the beginning, and he's like, no, I haven't. I have recognized it. Yeah, I, no, I, that scene also happens later. That happens because she goes in to confront him because she thinks that he voted against her, mm-hmm. and that's when they have the thing where well, he's she's like, moving the chair. He's moving. Yeah, she's moving, moving the car, car around. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, fine, whatever. I could have sworn that happened somewhere around here, but what, but be, by all means, it's fairly late in the movie. This scene that you keep wanting to have happen right now. That's fair. Fair enough. I'm I'm re I'm re-editing the movie in a way that makes more sense. Okay. Hmm? Anyway, they go downstairs, and as much as she's like, "Yeah, Joe, we should do whatever," he's like, "Yeah, but I can't uh, go to uh, this." Oh, she has skybox tickets game. to Atlanta Hawks game. I can't go to the Hawks game because that's family night. You don't understand family. And then she sees that for some reason Will is there with his son, and she goes. Oh, I understand, and like takes a ring she has and puts it on her uh, like wedding ring finger. Mm-hmm. Goes, and that's that's my husband and child right over there. Will, come here. Yeah, meet this famous person, and then th- that that all happens. And Will's very confused, but she manages to play her way through it. Yeah, uh, that's going to be the big tension in this movie. That's the she's all that of this movie. I hate that. I hate that part of this movie. Is that she's like, oh, I'm just using you to. Like pretend that I have a family so that Joe Dalla will like me. Yeah, I got. I don't hate her aspect. I hate his angry response to it, where he's like, "You used me and my son as props by giving us free skybox tickets and and being real nice to us. You're the worst. How dare you?" And I'm like, I would be perfectly content to be a prop in that situation. Yeah, I mean, at the end of it, I'd be like, "Man, that was that was really fucked up." Like, I wouldn't be. I'm storming out of here. I'd be like, "That's real fucked up that you did that." And mm-hmm. then. 
if her response was, yeah, I know, I'm real sorry about that, I go, yeah. Anyway, you're real rich. We should get together. Well, especially because they fall in love over the ensuing period between the tent between her doing this and when he discovers it was yeah. a ruse. So when he's like, "Never talk to me or my son again," and you're like, <laughs> "I feel like this is a forgivable. This is a this is a fun story to tell the new kids," you know? Yeah. But but instead, it's a storm off moment. Yeah. So they. Yeah, so she tricks she tricks Joe Doll. God, Lord, I hate this. She tricks Joe Doll into thinking that this guy is her husband, uh, which is enough to mollify Joe Doll into being like, "Well, family night is a night where I ha- my family hangs out with other families, I guess. So, sure, I'll come to the skybox thing." Yeah, I don't understand why, as a family outing, they couldn't have gone to the skybox without her having a family. A, a, but- a lot of this movie feels like they wrote it one page at a time while filming. And they're like, well, wait, okay, at this point, she's pretty much got Joe Dalla locked down, so how do we make this movie longer? Oh, I know. Also, All of a sudden, we forgot about the love interest. Yeah. He, he, they just go, oh, I know. All of a sudden, he insists that he can't go be friends with her because she doesn't have a family. Yeah, that's a thing. You know how like most people just view women as being only there to have children? That's what we need this movie to say. Yeah. And then the solution is that she pretends she does instead of that she asserts that she doesn't need to. Yeah. That would be perfect. And then she does have a family. By the end, and everything works out because she she settles into her gender role the way she was supposed to. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this meeting happens, and we have the whole, like, kerfuffle of them trying to be like, Ooh, I don't want you to say that we're not married. And the skybox thing goes on, and she, like, promises Ben, Will's kid, that she'll bring him a race car cake for oh, his birthday? Yep, he ma- she makes a promise to him that she'll bring him a race car cake, even though she was wrong and he doesn't like basketball and maybe he'd like to be a weird internet search guy. Uh, <laughs> but also, she reads Jamal's mind, and the big piece of information she gets is that he really wants to play for Atlanta. Like, that's what he wants to do, because this is where he grew up. If he has his choice of doing anything, he wants to play here. Yeah, if you, it strikes me that Jamal's kind of a boring dude. Oh, he's deeply boring. Yeah, his whole thing being like, oh, this ain't fair. I don't want to play for any NBA team that'll have me and pay me a lot of money. I want to play right here at home. Well, at I'm least like, with oh, that dude. one, he's like, this is where I'd like to play. Yeah. He's not saying I won't play somewhere else. He's just like, if I had my druthers, I'd like to play in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm just saying that this movie has one of those standard Wayne's World super happy endings. beatly doop, beatly doop, beatly doop. It's true. Uh, so anyhow, we can really skip through here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole thing with this is she falls in love with Will. There is a <sighs> there is a point in this movie that I think we probably skipped over, but I'm going to go ahead and come back to it because Jesus Christ. (sighs) There's a person that lives in her apartment building that is very buff and goes on runs. And she has deemed Captain Fucktastic. Mm -hmm. Because the writers on this movie are bad. And so (sighs) before she gets her powers... Both her and Brandon are like, oh, yeah, I would fuck the the shit out of that dude. Yeah. And then when she gets her power, she's in the elevator with him, and she can hear that he's like, oh, I really like this lady. If only she wasn't seeing that weird little guy that she's always with. So she tells him that she's not seeing him, that that guy's gay, and then he thinks, man, why can't women make the first move? So she shoves him up against the wall, and they make out, and they go to his house, and she gets ready. And he gets ready to have sex, and she goes upstairs, and he is in full gimp outfit, 
in a chained up position. I don't even, I don't and I know don't what you know call that thing. How he got there by yeah. himself? No, because he's chained up by all fours. Like he's basically drawn and quartered on some sort of hanging thing uh, in a, in a leather diaper with a zipper up the crotch. No, he's he's in like some real big leather bondage gear. Yeah, he's and wearing he's a like, ton of leather crap. Yeah, we got to determine a safe word. And I'm like, my dude. No. No one has said. Yeah. No one has ever been like, this is the first time this person has ever been in my house. I'm going to assume that they are into very kinky shit immediately and not say anything to them about it. Just get dressed and get myself harnessed up. It almost looks like he must have just recently broken up with his dom uh, because he lives in, also lives in the giant apartment completely alone. And subs don't usually have all that shit in their house. That's the dom's job. <laughs> uh but you got to pay a lot of fucking money to be a reasonable dom. <laughs> but this, but this, no, this dude has all of his favorite sub kinks just lined up in the house. But he gets himself all strapped in, and she has to be like, "Ew, oh, ew, oh. you like bond." And she doesn't even like say anything. She just kind of goes, "What the fuck?" and then leaves. Yeah, which it's it's such a weird thing. Yeah, uh, it's just it's sort of a oh, this guy's kinky and he's a bottom. Let's laugh at him. I guess, I, especially because he's doing it all wrong. Like you, you talk about that shit. Yeah, that is that is not how you do this, my dude. Yeah, you don't burst into someone's like house on the first date and, with like a diaper and a raised eyebrow. You know, you, you explain your you have regular sex first, and then you explain the kink. You 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 have a a kink discussion at some point. Yeah, I just ugh. anyway. Uh, yeah, th- thanks for reminding me of all that. Um, yep, I needed to get that out there because that was one of the scenes in this where I went, "What the fuck?" See, the one I want to talk about is the wedding. Oh yeah, I mean that's. I know it's further ahead, late, but, but I don't really care. We're like an hour. Let's just talk about our favorite shit. Sure, great. So the wedding scene is after she goes back to talk to the uh, psychic for a second time and decides that she really wants to kind of solve her problems. And the, the psychic was like, "Well, yeah, it's because you're just listening for yourself. You also need to tell the truth." Yeah, you haven't been truthful with people. You've just been using it to get ahead in life. So they all go to this wedding, and she's, of course, a bridesmaid at the wedding. Yeah. I don't know if it's her sister who's getting married or just a yeah, friend. Yeah, it's her sister. So her sister's getting married, but everything that her, her uh, fiancé is thinking is like, I fucked that lady, I fucked that lady, I plan to fuck that lady later. I treat on my wife constantly, and it's also all I think about. Yeah, all he, all he thinks about is like, man, she's hot, and I've already had sex with her when my wife was away, but I'm going to do it again the, the soonest chance I get. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. great. Then, so her response to this is to be like, well, I'm sorry, everybody, but I have to say something. I have to be the person who objects. And the way, and her assistant, who has been invited to the wedding, is like, hey, you really, you really shouldn't do this. Could, could you, you please calm down? Come on, sit with me. And she's like, she's like, no. And also, you aren't even my friend. So get out of here. So she basically rejects him so that she can have a setup moment with, or, or, or a friendship moment with him later in the film. Yeah. Uh, but then she, her truth is to just be rude and loud and yell a bunch of stuff at a wedding. I mean, it's true to, stuff. To be fair, she is about to marry someone that is just a serial cheater. Yeah, but you don't know for sure that her sister isn't fully up up to speed on this and is okay with it. Yeah, this is a lot of fault. This is a could I please talk to you in private moment. This isn't a I need to make a huge announcement in front of a bunch of like including our parents and shit moment. Yeah, this is a hey come here come here come here let me tell and you. And then in addition to that, she finds out that her friend's husband all is cheating with a guy who's also there and they suck each other's dicks on the down low oh no oh no it's it's so embarrassing and and again it's just she because she can't read women's minds she has no idea that her friend isn't okay with this yeah that doesn't doesn't already know and is, is well i mean her reaction is that's terrible and i hate you yeah so we do know that no, she is okay saying with is, it. I'm, what i'm saying is she doesn't know about it 
when she goes to make the announcement in front of a church full of people. That's exactly right. There's no tact here. No. Uh, But yeah, then we get a bunch of dumb wedding fight stuff. But she gets hit in the head with a fucking vase. Yeah, and she gets conked on the Kanagan, which takes away her ability to read minds. Yep, she wakes back up in the same bed in the same hospital with the same doctor, but now she can't read his mind. Mm -hmm. Man, I completely forgot the one part of this movie where she can read minds and Tracy Morgan's in the room. That's my only favorite part. Yeah. Where he's like, he's like, yeah, I wonder if toast would be good with jelly on it. No, it's, I think I'm having a stroke. I smell toast. Oh, wait a minute, I have toast in my pocket. That's exactly what, thank <laughs> yeah. you, yeah. And I was like, oh, good, some more Tracy Jordan stuff. And also, he's completely unreadable because he's crazy. Yeah, That's- you can't be like, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bluff out Joe Dalla, because Joe Dalla is mostly just thinking about the weirdest shit imaginable. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I could eat more chia seeds. Yeah, okay, so here's, <sighs> we'll get to the climax of the film. It turns out that even though she pretty is, is more or less sure that she has managed to lock down Jamal Barry because she's given him everything he wanted and, and has really managed to impress her dad uh, or his dad, uh, she's got him lo- got him locked down. And then she goes into the office and her boss weirdly goes, "By the way, if you don't lock ja- or if we if this agency doesn't lock down Joe Dollar for any reason, you're definitely fired." Yeah, and I was like, "That's a weird assertion, but okay, weird flex, buddy." Um, and then, but later in the film. After they go through all of this process to try and impress him, one of the partners quits the firm and is like, ooh, I'm going to have, I signed him for like 5% instead of 10%, and he's going to go to China and play basketball in China. Yeah, I'm a free, I'm a free agent uh, kind of agent now, so I, signed, I stole him from everybody. And the, boss, the big boss's response is, again, to try and fire Taraji P. Henson's character. He can't. He decides he can't uh, for, for because of this Me Too stuff. Yeah, but his first thought, I would fire you immediately if I could. And his thought is, you gave him the idea of free agency. By mentioning free agency during that last meeting. Yeah, during one of the meetings, you said something about someone with 5% instead of 10%, yeah. and he took that and ran. Like like that dude who was a partner at a sports agency has never heard of a fucking free agent before. Yeah. He was like, this is a revelation to me. You mean I can betray my firm and take, a, take on a single rich client? I could have one client that might make me rich instead of being a partner at an established giant firm where I already have a list of clientele that gives me 10%? This is great. It's the most insane thing. It's the most idiotic heel turn in this movie. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense. Uh, uh, it, but that's what happens effectively. At this point, though, Henson's already, I'm sorry, Ollie has already lost her mind reading power, so she can't mind read her way out of it. Uh, anyway, uh, she she uses her memory that that uh, Jamal Berry likes to play basketball at Wabash Park near his house, and so she goes and meets him at a par- at a park and is like, hey. You should play basketball where you want to play basketball. Oh, and, and you should be my agent? No. What The only thing you need to listen to isn't me or your dad. It's yourself. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. As if that actually would work. Yeah. If, what's he going to go back to his dad and be like, Dad, I don't want to play in China, and you can't make me. And his dad's like, all right, I've been controlling you your whole life, and I'm going to stop now. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Turns hey. out that uh, this little talk that she has is enough to make him sign up with her and he goes to the NBA draft and it just so happens that the Hawks have the number one pick and they pick him and he gets to play for Atlanta and she signed the best person ever and and, oh, good. And, oh, she's friends with Joe Dalla now because Joe Dalla is like, you understand dudes, and that guy's my dude, and you understand my guy, so we can be friends. Yep. And that's so that they're, that's all fake. And this machine's got too many farts in it. It's farting, man. George Will just keeps getting more conservative. <laughs> uh, he, and then she goes to her friends at a restaurant. 
and uh, was and like, I know her. I fucked up at the wedding, and I'll buy you margaritas. Forever? And she's yeah. like, I just lost my job. Yeah, forever, though. Yeah, but forever, though. Fuck you. I've seen your house. I really wanted Wendy McLennan Covey's character to take a punch or something in this movie. It, it, right around here. <laughs> There's a point where she needed one, because she spent the whole time being like, uh, yeah, you're definitely shitty. You're a shitty person. I'm better than you, and you're shitty. Oh, and during this, she's like, oh, yeah, and it's a shame that you shouldn't have said anything in front of everyone and Jesus about her cheating, even though I knew about it. And, of course, my marriage is more secure than anyone else. And it's, you can tell my marriage is more secure because my husband wasn't even at that wedding, which is why you didn't find anything out about him. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, I was, like, I was like, man, I really wanted to take a drink in the face right about now. <laughs> but that, it, just, it just skips just over. It doesn't happen. Yeah. But, yeah, her friends forgive her, so that's a good happy ending bit. Then she goes to work, and they have one of the same meeting from the beginning of the movie. Oh, and, and they toss her the ball, and she's the new partner, and she's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I'm going to Jerry Maguire this shit. I'm, I'm opening my own agency. With Blackjack and this guy. <laughs> this guy. And this guy who had that one scene I keep remembering in the film stands up. And he's like, yep, I'm going with her. The end. That's my, my whole arc. I'm the D-plot. Hi there. Hi. I'm, I'm, you might remember me from, I think, New Girl. Anyway, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and then she leaves. And what the, the E-plot of the film is that... Uh, uh, her assistant but, has always wanted to be an agent, and, and she kept putting him down and saying no. Because he's a really good assistant. And, uh, you know, you could probably fix the problem by just giving him a raise. Like, but, yeah. but he really wants to be an agent, and he tries to prove it to her by rattling off sports statistics. Yeah. Uh, but then she's like, oh, by the way, I've booked a table for three to celebrate our new thing. And he's like, well, oh, you you booked a thing? That's crazy. You never book anything yourself. Also, it's you and... D plot and who else is there? And she's like, our first new agent, you. Oh goodness! Yay. Happy endings for everyone. Oh, Pete Davidson comes out and gives me a hug because we're dating now. Yay! And then she goes to see Will, and she's like, Will, I fucked up, and you need to give me a second chance. Don't you mean a third chance? A whoop doop doop. Yeah, and she's like, Well, uh, anyway, I'll leave if you want. And he's like, No, I'll definitely keep dating you. Happy endings all the way down. Everyone's happy. Everything's good. No one is sad. Now let's walk to the fanciest park in Atlanta. And they do. And then he's like, what are you going to call your new agency? I'm going to call it Davis Athletic Management. And he's like, you know that spells damn. And she's like, yeah, I want people to answer the phone. Damn, how can we help you? Yeah. Ugh. Also, Having she's, that is your ending joke. I was like, oh, why? Also, for the last five minutes of the super happy ending, she's dressed as Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if that was intentional, but she is definitely dressed as Beetlejuice. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, but yeah, that's the last mi- that lines of the movie is, is yeah, we're going to call it Damn Athletic Agency. Hi, welcome to Damn. Damn, how can we help you? And I was like, that is a bad idea. Ugh, that a bad that's boy, real that bad. And this is a bad joke. Okay. And this is what you decided to end on. Yeah, good good on you. Good on you for good, ending on this. Good job. You did it. Yeah, okay. Well, there you have And then there's some post-credits stuff where Erica Badu's psychic character uh, sells weed to Tracy Morgan. Yeah, it basically just makes a bunch of psychic jokes with all of the friends yeah. from the movie. Oh, and the dude who betrayed her to be a free agent gets his job back. Yeah, probationarily. Yeah, he gets—he's not an agent anymore. He's just a, or not a, not a partner. He's just an agent, and he blames it on his invisible braces. The, the, but don't worry, he's fine. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what men want. That's the movie. That's it. We got through it.
We watched all of it. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. So I mean, we skipped over stuff. We skipped over the part where it turns out that her being able to read minds makes her good at sex. Yeah. Well, of course, because then she can figure out that the dude is like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Please stop this in his head. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets out of bed in his head, he's yelling, Ali, Ali, a lot. Well, yeah, because then she becomes amazing at sex. Mm-hmm. And so she's the champion mm-hmm. at sex. Yeah. She wins the sex award for being the best at sex. Yeah. She makes medicine sick. <laughs> so. She done beat up a rock. Murdered a stone. I love that speech. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, now that we have reviewed it, let's uh, let's get into the best and worst. Jeff. I want you to give me the best thing in this movie. Ooh. Just one. Give me one scene. I, I want to just say give the me set. one line. I just want to be like the set dressing because all these insanely rich houses are gorgeous. But no. Um, I mean, you could do that if you want. I, I could, but that's the thing that takes me out of the movie. Uh, hmm. I pretty much hate everyone in it. Uh, Erica Badu's performance as the psychic. There, there you go. go. Sure. Is, she's great. It's a it's a great minor role that she does really well. She's she's decently weird and off putting. Her her uh, sideline as a weed dealer is hilarious. So Erica Badu is the psychic is my favorite thing. John, uh, I mean, I'm probably gonna go with Brandon on this one. They they steered away from a lot of gay jokes they could have done with him. Yeah, instead he is just competent and towards the end of the movie aggressive and like tries to get what he wants mm-hmm. and like uses her power to make himself better as well that's true he is he is smart there is one gay joke that i, w- I was definitely pretty angry about but otherwise i was fine yeah so yeah but pro- at least it wasn't from him being like "Ooh, i'm i'm a so flamingly gay he was just like no i'm just a dude yeah he was fine and and she was invested. There was no line other than the the uh, I can read all the men's minds and also yours uh, was the only kind of homophobic thing she had to say. Otherwise, she was supportive and a good person about that. Yeah, I did. I didn't like that he was like, oh, any gay dude is interested in me. Great. Like there was no point. There was no point where we established in advance that he was like, oh, Pete Davidson is actually my type. But whatever, it's fine. He, he was uh, a great. They were character. both into fantasy football. Yeah, whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Anyway, yeah, I liked I I like the actor as well. Like he did a good job in the role. They didn't make the role terrible, so I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say Brandon was good at this. That's fine. What is the worst bit in this? Hmm, that's tricky. I mean, the it's lack tricky, of tricky the, tricky. The lack of good scams. <laughs> the lack of scams. Yeah, why went th- why didn't she just do scams, John? She could have pulled so many scams. So many like so many great runs on on marks and pigeons. I no, uh worst thing in this movie. There's got to be something that's the worst. That the absolute worst. Like the the bottom of the barrel for this one. I mean, the thing is the movie like I was saying like we mentioned before, I'd say the thing where the movie rewards her for faking having a family and then ends with her having a family so she doesn't have to fake it anymore. Yep. Was kind of bad. Yeah. There's no point where she could be like, "Hey, I just don't have one." Like th- this family line that you're pulling out of nowhere is a piece of shit, Joe Dollar, and so are you. And but you should still respect me because I said so. <laughs> Instead, she's like, "I have a, I have a family and I'm married." And he's like, "That's good. I believe you." And that's the end of that. Yeah, I was not a fan. So okay. I'll say that's my least favorite. You? Oh, I. <laughs> I kind of want to say that my least favorite thing in this movie is gonna be the. Uh, uh, the part where she is, you all right? <laughs> I'm great. Keep going. Keep going. All talk, right. Talk, talk. You, you look like you're in pain over there. I'm fine. Everything's great. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> no, but the, the part where she is going to, uh, pool 
She's playing pool with oh, Will God, we skipped that. and her sister and her fiance. And like <laughs> some pool work employee. Yeah. One of the waitresses there like shows up. And of course, the cheating fiance is like, "Ooh, I want to fuck her later. Oh, yeah. Damn. Oh. And then when the waitress comes back and flirts with Will and she's like, oh, you seem pretty popular. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then in his mind, he's like, I would never. Look at anyone since you're here. You're the most beautiful. And I'm like, oh, please, for the love of God. This just feels so like I want to flex on myself and just be like, yeah, everyone loves me. Yeah. His specific line was, why would I waste a second on her when you're standing in front of me? Yeah. And I was like, ugh. ugh. Dude. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, sure. You've been on like three dates with this person. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> We've all read how Stella got her groove back. You don't need to just reenact it. It's 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 okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You met the world's most perfect guy. That's fantastic. Yeah. Every time she reads anything from Will's mind, there is no point where he's like, they're up on like her dad's ridiculous loft somewhere. I would love if at one point he was like, I wonder what would happen if I jumped off of here. Huh? I'd die. I would die. I wonder what death is like. Like, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. I want that in a mind-reading movie. But no, every time she reads Will's mind, Will is always just like, I'm such a nice guy and a good father, and I love Ali. Yeah. Uh, I spend so much time thinking about things that aren't my family. Maybe it's because I've been with them for too long. There you go. But I'll, I'll be sitting there thinking, like, I wonder why asparagus makes pee smell funny. And that's that's just what's going through my mind. Yeah. I'm like, staring off into space. I'm like, huh, pee. Pee. How come pee's usually yellow? What's up with that? <laughs> what if it was red? That'd be scary. I mean, that, that color implies danger. <laughs> That's the danger color. <laughs> but not only in this country. In other countries and other cultures, they use different colors for danger. I wonder if there's one where it's yellow. <laughs> are they scared of their own pee? They probably are. <laughs> and That's what Jeff wants. <laughs> I mean, that, if that was actually what it was, all you could do was read what people want and not what they were thinking. It would be a weirdly different movie. Oh, no. I want the movie What Jeff Wants, and all, I can read only your mind. Only people named Jeff's mind. <laughs> wow. Jeff Goldblum is really weird. <laughs> Why does he want so many sets of needle nose pliers? I don't understand. What is he going to use them for? Anyway, so. <laughs> Best and gonna, worst. We're good. We are going to give this a rating. Each of us, zero to five, gives it the rating out of ten. Jeff? Um, two? Like, I had a couple of laughs. It's competently made. I didn't like the message, especially. Uh, it was definitely better than what women want, which yeah. did not did not age well. No. <laughs> what what women want, it, the climax is him, like, like uh, fixing Judy Greer's depression by giving her a raise. <laughs> I mean... She was going to commit suicide. I mean, sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it was. That's all she needed. She spent the whole time, the whole movie, wandering around thinking, would anyone even notice if I was gone? Maybe one day I'll just walk into the ocean. And at the end, he's like, hey, don't kill yourself. You want to raise? And she's like, I'm fine. My, my depression is cured. Yeah, that's great. That's all I wanted. That's what it was. That's the whole thing. <laughs> also, the problem with that movie being that lightning gave him his powers and a mystic Asian woman in an alleyway took them away. Well. <laughs> <laughs> at least in this movie, it's consistently head bonks. Yeah. I wonder if she'll ever just try it again, like just whack herself. She's in. like, man, I really want to re-get my ability to read minds and just like run ahead first into a wall or That'd something. That'd be like what men want too. And it's just that it opens the movie with her being like, I have an idea for some scams. And then she- <laughs> <laughs> I've got a heist I need to plan. And then she just like slams herself face first into a kitchen counter. It's called What Men Want Too, Ocean's Nine. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm going to give this movie, I'll give it a two as well. Sure. It's just, 
It's so skippably boring. Yeah, that's that's it right. It doesn't matter. A four is exactly where it deserves to be. Yeah, it is a four. It is not good. It's not the worst, but don't. It is, it's also the first time I've ever seen a movie where one of the commercials before the movie starred the star of the movie. Like, and it was just like her Taraji B Henson's shilling for credit cards. I did. Was that her? Yeah. I didn't think it was. Yeah, that was her. All right. And it wasn't credit cards. It was uh, what's what is her thing? It's it's uh, popcorn. No, it's it's uh, it's it's a, 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 a an app. Uh, I forget which Groupon. I think. Oh yeah, Groupon. Yeah. I, so it showed one of her Groupon apps or ads before the movie started. I was like, oh, well, that's that's weird. That's weird. Aren't you the star of this movie? I feel like you don't need to do this. Ah, <laughs> you got to. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. Four out of ten for What Men Want. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. And now let me tell you what these men want, which is for you to go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. Hey! (laughs) And if you help us out, you help the show out by subscribing at any level, you unlock bonus content for a lot of our other shows, and of course at the $5 level, you unlock our monthly show where we just, we shoot the shit, we have... Good topics. We answer listener questions. Listeners like you. And if you are at that level, you can join us on our Discord. Uh, Anyone subscribed at the $5 level gets the private Afterthought channel. And if you're subscribed at any level, you get access to the patrons-only channel. Yeah, so consider it. Get on in there. You can find us and you can talk to us. Yeah, so see us. so accessible. You can go to uh, Twitter. We are System Mastery on Twitter. You can find a link to our Discord pinned right there on our page. Mm -hmm. And you can find us on Facebook. You can email us at systemmastery at gmail.com, however you want to get a hold of us. And, of course, you can find us on the subreddit, r slash systemmastery. Now, we will have a new poll up soon. If you want to vote for what we see in theaters next time, you can go to systemmasterypodcast.com and then go to the Movie Mastery tab and in theaters now. Yeah, March is a pretty good month for that because nothing good comes out in March. Except Captain Marvel. Oh, is Marvel in March? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I have something to look forward to. There's some March Madness coming mm. up. So we're going to have our poll up soon for that. Go ahead and vote on what we see next in theaters. And if you want to make suggestions, go to the subreddit. We've got an entire thread there for all of our stuff. And until we see you in two weeks' time, you have a good one. <laughs>